Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for another episode with another inspiring friend, professional lacrosse player, and inspiration to young kids everywhere. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and are constructed into this Dream On podcast you've found here. I hope you are gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people I've met through my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. We've got another special guest this week, and I'm pumped to get right into it. Trevor Baptiste is this episode's guest, and for those of you who know the name, you most definitely know that this episode is going to be a fun one. Trevor, known for not only his athletic ability on the lacrosse field, but his shining personality off of it. Never not smiling, always cracking jokes, keeping those around him loose and light on their feet. We tap into how his fun personality makes him who he is on the field, and how it keeps him influencing the people around him to not take life so seriously. Yet, to take it seriously when it matters, and how his ability to focus at the face-off X, or when his team needs him in the midfield, keeps him centered and dominant in his position. In, of course, a lighthearted and fun conversation we had right before Trevor flew out to the PLL bubble for the 2020 PLL Championship Series in Park City, Utah, We chat all the things that TB9 has done to get him to the high pedestal that he stands on in the lacrosse world now, despite a unique recruiting experience and what some would consider a late start to the sport of lacrosse. How does this man do it? Let's ask him. Okay, there it is. (laughs) Anybody who's going to watch the recording of this, uh, we are here with the great TB9, Trevor Baptiste. Um, I'm going to read off a little list of an intro here, which like is a very long list. I'm pretty sure I'm missing things as well, but very accomplished lacrosse player here. So what do we have about Trevor Baptiste? University of Denver 2018 graduate. You were a national champion in 2015, correct? Two-time yeah. Wharton finalist. We were there the same years. Yeah, two-time, two-time, two-time. <laughs> um, two-time All-American, correct? Two-time first-team All-American, at least. Uh, he's a member of the PLL Atlas, um, NLL Wings. Uh, the Atlas Lacrosse Club, sorry, and all wings. Um, he was a 2019 PLL All-Star Team captain, um, Team USA gold medalist in 2018, and as well as myself, a Warrior New Balance New Balance athlete. Um, so if I didn't miss anything, you're free to add on there. But I think you guys are in a in the hands of a very accomplished lacrosse player here. Um, but more importantly, I think that he's an awesome person um, and just like super bright and lighthearted and fun. And I think that's um, what's really more important about all of this is just like how he is as a person rather than just on the field. So I'm excited for you to share a little bit of your wisdom with us, girl, our girls here today and with KO17 Lacrosse. So thanks for being here, Trevor, and uh, welcome to the webinar. Yeah. <laughs> No problem. I'm excited to be out here too. You know, happy uh, some of you girls tuned in. Really excited for everybody watching on the recording too. Um, I'm just ready to get down to it. Whatever you, I'm an open book. You know this. Yes, this is true. Okay, so we're going to get right into it then. Uh, again, a segment I like to call off to a good start. We're going to do three things here. Um, something that you're thankful for today. What would that be? Uh you know, I'd say thankful for my, like, health, um, just health of being physically able to play sports and, um, you know, walk around, get around. That's something that I think uh, is really easy to take for granted every day when you get out of bed. Um, and then obviously, you know, taking this COVID test for uh, 
the PLL championship series today, you know, a lot of guys are stressing out myself included about, you know, the results. And um, obviously we're going through a huge pandemic and, you know, luckily I, I haven't felt sick or felt any symptoms, but we all know that you can have it without feeling anything. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just say the important thing is it just puts everything into perspective because there's a lot of people that don't even get the opportunity to take a test to play, you know, um, right. and I'm kind of looking at this like, you know, it's because this is the end all be all, but there's going to be more seasons and, you know, this whole world's going to get out of this thing. So. Said it perfectly yourself. I'm looking forward to 2021, but I'm also looking forward to watching you guys play in a couple uh, in a couple weeks. So fingers crossed that that test went well for you. Um, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. So second thing here, something that you're proud to say that you accomplished today. Ooh, I finished mailing, I <laughs> mailing all my taxes out today. So there's a couple wow. states that don't do electronic filing. I had to go to the post office and uh, send all those out. So extremely <laughs> proud of myself for doing that. Uh, today's, today's the day, right? Today's, today's the day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Today is, today is tax day and it's really usually in April, but, um, yeah, happy. I got all that done today. Um, and yeah, I, I probably say that's the biggest thing. That was, <laughs> that was, that was, that was that's probably, that's probably. I'm proud you. I'm proud you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. The questions and things, but, um, something that you're super pumped to go out and chase tomorrow, this week, in the next coming month, what would that be? Well, I mean, you know, I, w- I obviously want to say, you know, the championship series and everything <laughs> and all they said that, but that's pretty cliche. That's, I think everybody <laughs> kind of knew that. So uh, I would say kind of in the next month for me personally, um, I would say one, uh, getting, I'm um, kickstarting a website, uh, just like a personal website. That's something that that is in the works right now that I'm really excited to do on the business side. Yeah. And then on the personal side, I would say, um, trying to reconnect more with my boys out here in Denver, you know, cause I, I was in Philly and obviously the, the, uh, quarantine hit. So I, w- I really wasn't able to see those guys as much as I'd like to. And those are guys that I went to school with for four years and they're my best friends. So, uh, kind of, be able to hang out with them. Obviously right now I'm quarantining too. So I've kind of left out a lot of stuff too. So I'd say that. And then from like a health side, I would say nutrition is something that I'm really working on right now. Um, I'm partnering with this company called my fit foods and we've been doing a lot of great stuff. Um, and that's something that's always been tough for me, you know, nutrition and, uh, you know, working out is something that is actually pretty easy for me. Like it's really easy for me to go to the gym and go really hard but just make sure that I'm fueling my body the right way. It's always been something I'm struggling with. So it's something I want to get to the next stage in this month. I love it. Um, the reason I asked those couple questions, we also do a thing here with the, with the app. It's called Kylie's Corner. Um, and it's something that I do personally, but I do a lot of journaling and I do a lot of goal setting and um, we bring that into the app. So a lot of these girls have their own journals and each week we do different like habits and things along those lines. Um, where we're sitting, setting goals. So it's always interesting to see and hear about um, people who are at the professional level, people who are at your level um, and playing at the highest level, getting ready for a championship series. 
which is super exciting. Um, but you still have those goals and you still have those things that you have to set and those things that you want to chase. Um, so can you, before we get into it, actually, I mean, a lot of us are on the women's lacrosse side and unfortunately not much is going on for us this summer. Um, not much is happening on the, on the screens for us to look at, right? But there's going to be some really exciting lacrosse happening soon for you guys. Can you explain to those of us on this call um, and listening here, you know, what is the championship series? What is going to go on and what have they kind of had you guys do to prepare for this coming, these coming months? Yeah, right. So yeah, the championship series is just, um, it's basically our whole PLL season condensed in a quarantine tournament style. So we're going to go out to Utah. We actually leave Sunday this week and um, we play, there's seven teams in the PLL. So all seven teams will be there and you play four round robin games and then you go straight into tournament play relative to your uh, record. So you get seated from that round robin play, playing the tournament, and then there'll be crowned one winner at the end, uh, which would be the championship series winner, which is like essentially, you know, like the championship of this season. But obviously, you know, everything's going on. So it's got to be really small, tight, quarantined, and um, we just got to make sure that we're compliant, you know. So we got to take a lot of tests in terms of like preparation, a lot of COVID tests before and during, um, as well as, you know, just making sure that you're getting ready physically. Uh, and it's been kind of tough because, you know, a lot of gyms have been closed. A lot of, uh, you know, you can't really work out in groups. You can't really go on fields a lot of places. So it's kind of hard to get that training and making sure that you're ready to go once you get out there. But uh, I think everyone's trying to find solutions to that and been doing a good job. Yeah, so, I mean, we have one question here from Kaylin, um, one of our strongest KO17 members here. Uh, is it on TV for us to watch? Oh, Kaylin, great question. Yeah, <laughs> so it is. It is on TV. Uh, it's on. It's going to be on NBC, uh, NBC Sports Network, and NBC Sports Gold. So NBC Sports Gold is a streaming platform, and there's about maybe like two or three games on there, but the rest are on NBC Main and NBC SM. So should be, you know, even if you have basic cable, like you don't have a lot of channels, which I don't even have cable, you know, I just, I'm a, I'm a stream, I stream my TV. So you can, you'll be able to watch everything. That's awesome. I'm super excited about that. I think everybody at every level is um, just because, I mean, I know all of us were missing lacrosse, right? And even if it's not just missing playing it, we're missing watching it and having like highlights to watch on Instagram and things too. Um, super excited about it, but uh, I don't know. What do we think, Atlas with the with the championship or? Um, I mean, so we I'm not gambling for this year, and if you guys are gambling girls, I would bet the house on Atlas. Um, I would do whatever you need to do to make sure that you're going to make a profit in this week, and that would be betting on Atlas. So, <laughs> short answer, yes. Short answer, yes. Okay, I think that, that sounded very scripted, but uh, we'll go with it. Um, really? You thought scripted? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think you have been practicing that one. But, <laughs> okay, so you're at, you're at the professional level, and I apologize, everybody. Um, I made a, a typo um, in my speaking, and Trevor himself is actually a four-time first-team All-American and he is also not only just an all-star in college, we're going to get to that, but at the professional level as well. But how did it start, 
Trev, how did you start in the sport of lacrosse? You know, growing up, where did you grow up? Um, did you grow up playing lots of sports? Like, how did you get started in the sport? And I love this part of your story because it's, you know, it's a little bit different than a lot of the stories that you hear. Yeah, yeah. So I started playing lacrosse in sixth grade, so middle school. And I started playing because all my friends I played football with played lacrosse. And to be honest with you, I didn't even really know what lacrosse was. Um, and it was just something that I, I ran track. I, I played almost every sport growing up. And then I was like, yeah, I should give this lacrosse thing a try. This thing looks cool. All my friends are doing it. I'm trying to hang out with my boys. And then I tried. I tried it out, and I was terrible. Like, I was horrendous when I started. Um, I started defense. Uh, but I was always really athletic, you know, so I was able to kind of get by. And then kind of more towards – uh, seventh and eighth grade, I started to get pretty good. And I switched to attack because you don't want to score goals like Kylie O'Miller. And then, um, and then I was doing really well. And I was like, wow, like this across thing is going great. And it was something I never really took seriously. I mean, I was always a serious competitor in everything that I did, but it wasn't a sport that I looked at and was like, I'm going to do this in college or I'm going to do this long term or even professional. You know, that was, that was never in my thoughts at all. And then in high school, I switched to midfield and then continued to progress my skills, continue to get better and, and along the way having so much fun playing the game. And then uh, towards like my sophomore year of high school, I started taking face-offs and I started to get really good at that. And that was something that I really enjoyed doing. And then right around like the end of my junior year, I ended up, you know, with all the hard work and, and, uh, the time that I was do that I was putting into it, which really stemmed from just the enjoyment of the game and co a competitive spirit, not more stemmed from, you know, I want to play in college. It was just more about me being my best and enjoying the game. I ended up being a really high touted recruit um, at the end of my high school career, but I kind of missed the boat for the whole recruiting uh process and then Denver ended up picking me up uh, out of nowhere um March of my senior year and previous to that I was committed to a division three school so I was kind of set on going d3 and and everything and I was really excited to play there and Denver just called out of the blue and they're like yeah we really want you to come out here and I was like you sure you got the right guy uh you know like I'm, I'm a senior I I never have got recruited by a top five school and they're like yeah like we, we want you we, we like what you got we want you to come out and then I ended up coming to Denver and then just kind of was away from there. And then just <laughs> national championship my freshman year. It was like just everything changed in that year. Wow. I mean, I think you hear a lot of stories in our sport. Um, and you mentioned it a couple times just about how, you know, at younger and younger ages every year, kids are starting to be like, okay, I want to play in college. So I need to start specializing. I need to start, you know, doing everything that I possibly can to play all year round, have my stick in my hand at all times, only play lacrosse, um, only focus on getting into college through lacrosse. Um, and I think what you mentioned was so important, right? Like you did it because you loved playing and you just enjoyed being out there and you're like, wow, this sport is fun. I love learning something new every time I'm out here. Um, and it ultimately took you to a dream school you didn't even know about, right? And, and having dreams come true that like you didn't even know you had division one, national championship, freshman year I'm sure you got all sorts of accolades that I won't list out to embarrass you right now but uh, <laughs> like all the things that you didn't even know in high school and in middle school were things that you wanted right and things that you 
wanted to strive for. So I think that's so important to, to take away is that, um, you know, no matter what level you're striving to play at, um, some of these things might come for you if you continue to work hard, but you're also making sure that you're enjoying it and enjoying the ride. And every time you're out there, you're looking to learn something new from a different coach and um, trying new positions. Like that's another thing I took from your story too. Like I have been pretty much strictly an attacker my entire life. And I wish that I, I say it all the time. I wish that I had stepped in goal at some point, right? Just tried out goalies. See what it's like in there. <laughs> like I wish that I had. Um, so I think that's so, also so important too. It's just like stepping outside your comfort zone and doing what the coaches ask and trying it out because you ultimately just love the sport. Um, but I think, you know, you mentioned it as well. You started picking up the face-off position in high school. Um, and now you're like the face-off king, right? Holding NCAA records and, um, again, won't, won't embarrass you with all the accolades and things that you do, but I mean, you're pretty much known for that now, right? And I think, you know, your journey to it was a little bit different. And I think that it's also something that is pretty specific to men's lacrosse in a sense that on the women's side, a lot of girls and a lot of women are starting to kind of develop that idea of specializing in the draw, in the, in the women's face-off. Um, but it hasn't ever been a specialized position so much so as like the face-off position is in the men's side. Um, and I think it's really cool that we're starting to specialize on it because you're seeing how important it really is to the game. Um, and I think we're seeing that because of how much emphasis you guys put on it in your game. Um, can you talk about like, I guess just the fact that the face-off position is your entire life now, right? And it's your business, it's your brand, it's what you do, it's your job, it's all those things. Like, can you talk about, you know, kind of what goes into that, but also being a holistic lacrosse player at the same time and how important that is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, uh, that was a good way to put it. You know, I think for, for, I guess, you know, face-offs have become extremely specialized and a lot of that is the whole game has become extremely specialized. Um, and that's just because it's a lot of times in sports, it's more effective to have players that can focus on one thing and make that their best part of their game. So that's the best part of the team. And then you don't have to worry about doing something else. So it's like, it's like when you're younger, you should say, don't specialize in a sport. And then like eventually specialize in a sport. And then it's like it, within the sport, you got to specialize what you do, you know? So it's, it's all about getting to like that higher level of the game and uh, you know, everybody being, the most efficient that they can be on the field. And that was something that, to be honest with you, when I was getting recruited by Denver, it would, when I got recruited by Franklin and Marshall, and when I played in high school, you know, I was like a three-way midfielder. Like I played offense, I played defense, and I faced off. And that was when I got recruited by Franklin and Marshall. And then when Denver recruited me, it was like, you know, like if you come here, you know, like you're going to face off, you know, like, face-off guys don't do other things in division one, you know, like that's just not what happens Like you got to face off for us. And I was, and that was a decision that uh, I ultimately had to make. And I really enjoyed facing off, but sometimes it does get like this bad rap of like, Oh, like all you do is face off, you know, like you don't, you're not really a player. So I guess to your point of like the, how it's like kind of become what I've what I've known for and part of my like business and, brand and everything I think it's important because that is what I do but 
I guess I don't like to be, I don't like to limit myself to be like, Oh, like I'm just a face off guy. And that was, uh, the reason why I got into box and like a big reason why I got into indoor lacrosse so I can like do other things and play other parts of the game. And to be honest with you, the best players, and I'm sure you see this in women's lacrosse as the draw gets more specialized or as anything gets more specialized, the best people in those specialist positions are the people that are obviously good at that, but they're also good at other things. So I attribute a lot of my success on the field from not, just only being good at face-offs it's by like being good at like ground balls passing you know being able to score being able to be a threat so then people have to respect so many different areas of the game that it opens up other areas too so it's always so so I guess what I'm trying to say to everybody listening is you know don't try to specialize yourself so early you know uh something that a coach told me a while ago was uh amplify your strengths and don't let your weaknesses be a liability so for example if you got a canadian lacrosse player that doesn't use their offhand you know their strength is their strong hand and their offhand is a liability there's a lot of canadian players that don't put the stick in their left or right hand respectively but it does it's not a liability for them because they could still score on the left side of the field with their right hand and vice versa um but once it becomes a liability, then you know you got to work on it. So there's a lot of face-off guys, and I'm sure draw control women that, uh, you know, they start to specialize on the draw, and, you know, passing becomes a liability. Ground balls become a liability. You know, being able to drop back on defense becomes a liability. And then all those things are stuff that people can take advantage of. So it doesn't mean you have to be the best at everything, but you just can't the things that you're not the best at, they can't be something that really hurts you. I think that's so important. I think it's so important for not only draw and face off specialists, but any position on the field, like you mentioned, right? Like any right. position, any sport. Um, and it's something like I like to talk about too, as well. I love that you use the, the Canadian reference, but I always love to talk about how um, like when you're working on your stick work, I'm really big on being, kind of the same with both hands, right? Or right. trying to develop your stick work in that in that sense, just so that you can kind of like, I, I think personally, I tell my girls this all the time, the best compliment you could get on the lacrosse field is if someone who's never seen you play before looks at you and goes, wow, I have no idea if that girl or guy is a righty or lefty, right? right. Like, isn't that cool? If they can't tell which one's your dominant hand as an offensive player or you know, they can't tell that you're a face-off specialist. You're just a midfielder because you're dropping back on defense and dominating and you're, you know, making the right transition passes and, and scoring two, point, two points. So I think that, you know, like it's so important to be that well-rounded player, no matter what um, it is that is your strength. Definitely capitalize on that. I love that, that quote that you said, capitalizing on your strengths and just kind of continuing to work on your weaknesses so that you can be a threat all over the field. Um, and I, you know, I think that's, that's something that's so important about how you play your game. And it's not, it's something that shows, you know, you're confident when you get out there and, and you're playing defense. I've been to a couple wings games. I have seen a lot of, um, speed highlights, which we're about to get into as well. Um, you know, all over Instagram, all over YouTube, all over NBC. Um, but where, you know, where does that come from? Can we tell, can we tell the people listening, you know, you are known for this 
that speed boy reference um can we talk about about where that came from and you know living in the moment of kind of like all lights all the action all the camera like you were mic'd up you're ready to go tight game like super exciting a lot of pressure a lot of things going on and you decide to say that's speed boy like where does that come from what is that within you (laughs) so it's been kind of a lot this the evolution of speed has been a long way coming. So, and you've been, you've been there, you've been there for it, you know, you've been there. So, yeah. So I guess, I guess it kind of all started, I guess it was the fall after I graduated and I was playing in Hawaii um, in that men's open tournament. And I found these like thin black sunglasses, you know, that's like the whole bit in the water uh, in Hawaii. They just kind of washed up and hit my leg. And I was like, oh my God, these are, these are hilarious. Like these are, these are awesome. You know, like I'm going to wear these for this whole trip. And we had these little mopeds that we'd rip around the island and I'd be wearing my glasses on. I'd be like, oh, like check out my speed. You know, like these glasses make me go faster. We'd be racing our mopeds and stuff like that. And then I wore them underneath my helmet uh, in like one, in like the last game and posted a picture of it uh on my instagram and just it kind of blew up a little bit uh and i was like yeah like this is kind of hilarious like people are really liking this i'm just gonna stick with it you know and these glasses are obviously they did go through a little phase you know like a little clout phase of those you know those thin you know sunglasses so it was it was relevant uh but you know usually don't see like guys wearing them so i was like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna rock them and and just see what happens and uh, I guess like that speed boy kind of came from that glass, those glasses. And I, I would just say it like as a joke. And then on the NBC broadcast, it just came out. It just came out. It just so happened that I was just staring right at the camera. I didn't even know I was looking at the camera, to be honest you with you. I thought I was. I, yeah, because I just knew Boyle, like there's Boyle's up in the press box and I'm just looking up at the press box because he's in my ear, you know, talking. So I just was like, yeah, I'm going to talk to him. I'm talking to Boyle now. So I, I was just looking up at the press box, but I didn't know the camera was there. I just wanted him, I just wanted him to know that I was acknowledging him, you know? Gotcha. Like, I see you, Boyle. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, talk about that. You know, I think that it's so exciting to see lacrosse in, in that realm, right? In a sense of, like, one of the first sports to be shown on live TV with live mics, where, you know, like players are wearing mics in their helmets and um, the, the broadcasters are right there and you can literally interact with them from the field to the broadcasting booth live, but everyone at home can also hear that live as well. Um, no matter the reaction, no matter like the real time frustration, excitement, like whatever you're saying, um, you know, when you're getting mic'd up in the locker room before that, does that on top of all the pressure already to, you know, win face-offs, win the game, you know, do what you can for your team. Um, on top of that already, you're getting mic'd up and you know that it's going to be all over NBC. Are you, does that add a little bit of extra pressure? And what can you, what can you say to the, this big overwhelming idea of playing under pressure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think that's a huge point. Uh, you know, pressure is something that can make people or break people, you know, and, I think just kind of relating to the mic'd up thing specifically, I remember the first time I was ever mic'd up, uh, I was in the MLL and it was, it was, this, it was, I was playing in Denver and this was like my first time playing back in Denver since college. 
it was my rookie season and I was mic'd up and I was just worrying about the mic the whole time. You know, I was worrying about like, you know, saying things or like talking or something. I just, it was just on my mind, you know, and it shouldn't have been. And I ended up playing terribly. Like I played horrendous that game and it was, and it hurt because, you know, like I'm back in Denver, you know, like this place has been so good to me. All my friends were there. My family flew out to the game from New Jersey and we just, we got smoked and I played terrible. So that, that'd be an example of like when this pressure, like I let it affect my game. And then now you kind of fast forward to the PLL, which the PLL has done an amazing job with, with this mic'd up technology and, you know, having a conversation more so on the, on the field with an announcer analyst or interviewer. Uh, and I guess I, I've gone to the point to be comfortable with the fact that I'm putting the mic on in the locker room. And then when I put it on and I put my Jersey on, that's the last time I'm, I'm seeing it, you know? So I'm not, and like that speed boy wasn't me saying, Oh, like, I'm going to say this in this mic and this is going to be great. It's just like, just, it just happened. You know, like it was just natural for me to say that. Cause I've been saying it for a little while, you know? And I think that's when you play your best when it's, when it's, when you're playing and you're playing to compete and you're playing naturally, right. When you try to force all these different things and when you're worried about the results, most importantly, that's usually when they don't go your way. But if you got you got to worry about the process. You just got to worry about getting the next one and going as hard as you can, and then the pressure goes away because pressure is directly correlated with results, right? If you're talking about results, then that's where the pressure comes in. If you're saying, "Oh, like I'm wearing this mic, and what if I play bad, or what if like everybody is listening to me and I'm playing terribly?" Then I'm worried about that result. Or if you go into a game and you're nervous because you're worried about winning or losing, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously something, you know, we're all, if you're a true competitor, you're going to worry about, you've got to think about winning or losing and you want to win. But in the moment, you can't worry about that. You got to worry about just playing your best and doing your absolute best effort because effort's something that's not a result. And you can control that. Yes. You're controlling the controllables. Mic drop exactly. right there. I love that. Uh, we were talking about mics and you just hit us with a mic drop. I love it. Um, So I think, you know, pressure is something that we talk about a lot in sports, but I also, and I think it comes from a lot of different realms, right? Like what's going on on the sideline what's happening in the game. Like you mentioned, all these different things, thinking about winning or losing and controlling what you can control, like your effort is so important. And also controlling like the emotions and the thoughts that go through your head, um, you know, during the game. And, you know, when you make a mistake, is it, a negative reaction to yourself or is it something that you can kind of fuel to kind of get the next play or, you know, turn it around. Um, you know, I think there was actually a podcast that I was listening to. I can't remember what athlete they were talking about, but it was a track athlete and they were running like hurdles. Um, and she was a world champion, set all sorts of records. She was, um, in, in this particular race, she was like, a body's length in front of the rest of the competitors jumping over hurdle after hurdle. And she said she ended up like, she was clearly going to run the race. I mean, win the race, but she ended up tripping over like the eighth hurdle and losing the race. And in an interview afterwards, they, you know, kind of asked her, you know, what was going through your head during that time? And she was like, you know, I, 
I could have easily just, just, you know, let it all kind of just, just think blank and just do my job. But around that fifth or sixth hurdle, I said to myself in my brain, don't mess up. And, you know, that just kind of like, just got to her, right? She didn't think about anything else. She was just like, don't mess up. And then she started thinking about like, you know, what is my foot doing? What is my arm doing? What is all this motion? All the motion that she'd been practicing for so long that she didn't need to think about in that time of the competition. Um, And I think, you know, going into that, going off of that kind of idea, what can you say about, you know, messing up on the field and kind of regaining your confidence and, you know, pulling that, that confidence back out after you, you drop a pass or you cause a turn or you force a turnover or, you know, all these different things that happen that are going to happen, you know, on the field, whether you're playing at the youth level, high school level, pro level, we all make mistakes. How do you snap yourself back out of it? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a really great point. And it's always tough as any athlete, right? Especially when you're messing up, especially if you're on a big stage or uh, if, you know, it was a really important play and you mess up, it hurts, you know, it hurts a lot, especially because you're putting a ton of work into it. You know, the the more effort you put into something, the more, the higher the stakes are. Um, So, so some things that I think about uh, when I mess up and uh, I guess I'll talk me personally and I'll talk generally. So, so me personally, and I know Kylie feels the same way, and I'm sure all the girls here feel the same way because you guys are on this app, so you guys must be nice at the game. You know, <laughs> like you guys are probably all great teammates and players and and, uh, and leaders of your team. So when you get to a level when you're playing and you're kind of looked at uh, to do a lot for the team, you've earned that respect. And that's when – you know, the pressure usually gets a lot higher when you, when you earn people's respect because they are expecting you to do something and to, to play well and to help them win and to be a big part of that. Um, so I was talking to a mentor of mine and he was saying, when I was getting ready for world games, I was saying, you know, like I'm a little nervous and I'm, I don't know, like I'm a, I'm a rookie, you know, I play with all these old guys and I don't have any experience and these guys are like grown men. I'm like, I'm a little nervous. And he was like, listen, man, like you've earned this respect by everybody in the nation and you've earned the spot on your team. And you got to know that, you know, anyone that you go against, you know, everybody's going to be good. But if you just give your 110% effort at the end of the day, uh, you're going to, you're going to come out, you might not win, you know, but you're going to come out happy. You know, you're going to feel fulfilled. And uh, that's what I kind of look at in terms of messing up, you know. And some days you're a little off. So some days, you know, just things are harder, you know. <laughs> just Like things just aren't going your way, bottom line. And then that's, those are, that's like the, the crossroads where you're going to say, well, am I just going to tap out or am I just going to let this get to me or am I just going to give my 110% effort on the next one, you know, cause you're always going to have another chance, you know, especially all these girls here, you guys are so young, you know, you guys going to have, you guys going to have chances on chances on chances and opportunities, right? You, you mess up one play. If it's in the first quarter, you got three quarter or if it's in the first half, you got another half to play, you know, you got another half to, show that that's not you, you know, and that you can make up for that 
uh, rather than being so stuck in the moment. You know, once, once a mess up happened, it's gone, you know, mm-hmm. and in the reverse of that too, for me, I just try to stay level headed. So even after a really big play, or like a big goal, you know, it's gone, you know, like it's, it's gone now. Like, let's do it again. You know, after a bad play, it's gone. Let's do it again. You know, and you just stay at it. Yeah. I think that kind of like, um, I like to call it the Dory mentality, right? Like Dory from Finding Nemo, just, just forget right about it and just keep swimming, right? Like it's, that's, that's what it is on the field. You gotta like, whether it's good or bad, a high or a low, like it's over now and the game goes on. So you gotta ultimately get to the finish line. Um, so just keep swimming. But you mentioned something about, you know, kind of getting ready for the 2018 World Cup with Team USA. Um, and like you mentioned, you were one of the younger guys on that squad, but can you talk about that experience? I mean, you guys got to go to Israel and play the best sport in the world against so many different countries. And you got to see what, you know, the level of lacrosse was like and how excited other, other people from other countries were to be playing, not only against the U.S., but just to be playing the sport um, because it's so generally decently new in a lot of other countries compared to, you know, here, Canada and, and a lot of countries over here. Um, you know, what was that experience like for you? Um, and even just some of the memories and moments on and off the field with those guys. Yeah, you know, that whole experience was amazing. Uh, you know, obviously, or I guess it's not obvious, but that was my first time in Israel. Um, <laughs> to see, I'd say like outside of the whole lacrosse part, getting to see all the history and, you know, that part of the world that I've never been to seeing Jerusalem, you know, the Dead Sea, all that, that's something that I'd never even thought that I'd ever have that opportunity (laughs) ever in my life. So, uh, you know, seeing that was, and and knowing that it was all attributed to lacrosse just makes you feel really good. You know, it makes you feel like not only is your hard work paying off off the feet on the field, but also that hard work that you're putting on the field is, is taking you places off the field as well. Um, and then kind of from like a team perspective, uh, you know, play, being a younger guy and, you know, making a team and like, I just graduated that, that spring. And then we go to worlds that summer and I'm look I'm playing with these guys. I remember during the trial, I started looking around and I was like, you know, I used to watch these guys when I was, you know, when I was in like middle school, you know, I used to watch these guys playing pro when I was in middle school. And I, I remember there was a joke I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Greg or I think it was Greg or Matt Donowski or, or someone. And then the song Hey Ya by Outkast came on and they were like, I think someone said like, oh yeah, I remember. I love this song when I was in college. And I was like, yeah, like I used to listen to this song on Nickelodeon when I was in like third grade. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, wow, Trevor, just rub it in, man. Just rub it in. Um, so it was, uh, it, it was cool. And, and I think we, the whole team really came together uh, during that whole tryout process and also the, the tournament, you know. Uh, we really, and we ended up coming out and winning gold. And I'm, I firmly believe Obviously, we had a talented squad, but it was more about us coming together and us doing it together. And it wasn't about any one person. It was about, you know, it was all about USA scoring. When we score, USA scored. You know, it wasn't one person scoring. We scored. 
or if we got to stop, we got to stop from the first person on the roster to the last person on the roster. Maybe not, maybe wasn't even on the field, you know, like me, like I was on the field for offense or defense, but you know, I felt like when we did anything we did, we did it together, um, which was really cool to be a part of. And also extremely special when you're, when you're representing your country and having that experience as well um, at the highest level, it was, it was really special. That's awesome. I mean, can I ask where you keep your gold medal? Yeah, it's at my uh, it's at my parents' house, actually. Uh, oh, there you so go. I'm not gonna tell you the address, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Hopefully, I'll be able to earn my own at some point. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so love that. And then we can both keep it at our own parents' house, and they can they can hang out with them. Um, that's <laughs> I love it. Um, them into one big one if you want. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm just going to keep on y'all. How is that going to work? Okay. All right. We'll figure it out. Oh my God. Okay. Um, I told you guys we were going to have some fun on this one. (laughs) They're good laughs. I can't all be serious. Right. And I think that's so important. Um, and I think, you know, that kind of speaks to something that I like to talk about with my leadership style is, you know, some people kind of talk about like, how do you get rid of the nerves, like the pregame nerves or, you know, warm up jitters or um, a lot of those different things. And one of my favorite ways to do it is to like get out of my own head is to put my energy on the people around me. Right. And, you know, chirping people up and warm ups and, you know, kind of like dancing, singing in the locker room. Like, you know, I think we put a lot of emphasis and a lot of stress on how we're going to perform. Uh, we all do it and just kind of sitting in those thoughts playing them over and over and over again in your head it almost turns into something negative um so for me i like to put that energy on the people around me and i can definitely tell that you like to do that as well um yeah. and i think that's you know i think that's that's important i think that's something just to find your own your own style in that it's definitely something that you used in college when you were considered a leader right and you're definitely considered a leader in in the sport, in the sport of lacrosse now, right? In our community and on your teams now. So, um, you know, what can you, can you talk about in a sense of like being your own leader, being really authentic to who you are, not only on the field, off the field, just kind of like what makes you, you Trevor Baptiste in the lacrosse world and on the teams that you're on. Yeah. You know, I, that, that was a great way to put it. I like how you I like how you queued that up. Oh, uh, what, thank you very much. I, I guess, yeah, I guess what, what I'd say is, uh, you know, like I obviously like to have fun and like joke around and bring, especially bring the energy, um, to a lot of things that I do in life, but especially <laughs> lacrosse. But, uh, uh, you know, I think that, you know, when you talk about leadership, uh, you know, a lot of times like that word is looked at is serious, you know, and like stern and you know things things of that nature and which i think there is a time and a place for that you know like like i'm not always joking around like there's a time where i'm serious you know and and there's a time where like maybe i'm giving a pregame speech like i did in the pll or or in college and like you know like i'm yelling and i'm like you know i'm like bringing the intensity you know uh and it's not like a smiling matter uh but i think the biggest thing with leadership is and you said it was authenticity. So mm-hmm. people listen and respect and follow authenticity. And sometimes you'll notice 
maybe like a someone on your team will say something before the game who's like a leader or something like that and you're like wow that really got me going and I bet right now you probably won't even remember what they really said you know like you, you don't even really remember how the words and like maybe like their specific message and there's definitely times that you do but it's more about like that emotion and you feeling that they're completely present here and that they're being themselves and they're not being someone that they're not. That's what people want to follow. That's what people, that's what people buy all into. People don't like to buy into, you know, like that, all the rah, rah and, and yelling and screaming and all that. It's, it's all great. And, it, and it's a part of, you know, getting ready, but there's a fine line of, you know, are you just kind of saying stuff to say stuff or are you really like, you can really feel like the authenticity in someone's voice. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I just try to do in all aspects of life. I just try to be myself and be authentic to that and not change who I am because of what team I'm on or like who my friends are or, you know, anything right i just think that people people listen to off authenticity so i'd say that's the biggest thing and i'm just a jokester you know like i just like to joke around i like to have fun so that's me you know like if somebody's serious before the game i don't think you should be joking around like me because that's not you you know (laughs) that's not you (laughs) and you're not serious when it's like that you're joking like i can get serious but you know I like to smile. I like to laugh. You know, that's me. <laughs> Listen, that doesn't mean I, I can't leave. Yeah. That's true. You know, I think that I think that at some point in our lacrosse careers, we're gonna have to play on some sort of same team together. I think it it would be a fun team. We're gonna have to do some 100%. sort of co-ed. You know, we, gotta, we gotta rewind for a second, though. Oh. First, so you said I like to chirp up. You know, chirp up people. So when you said chirp up. Does okay. that mean like your teammates like get them going, or does that mean like yo, you're talking smack? <laughs> That's a great, great question. I, I you know, I think, I think I learned from my days of talking smack, and that. Oh. I, I'm like, okay, so here's my thing. I like to chirp up my teammates in a positive way, right? Because you know, right? You take a good shot in warmups, and you hear like three other girls on your team. Be like oh and like you know like whatever they're gonna say like that would hype me up right so knowing that i would get that reaction from that like i try to give that to my teammates to hype them up um and when i say that i've learned from my my smack talking towards the other team i'm a very big believe, believer in karma and i think that karma happens in sports as well um so and i learned you know this the hard way throughout my my playing days but i think that you know just focusing more on what I'm doing and what my team is doing and our goals is, you know, ultimately going to bring us better karma on the field. That's just how I look at it now. Um, but I think that that's definitely helped me kind of mature in the sport, but just to answer your question in a not so jokester ish way, I guess, but I do like to chirp up my teammates. That's for sure. I do. I do. Except for, you know, except for my, my goalie friends, sometimes I like to talk a little smack to them. Talk a little smack yeah. after you score BTB. Let them know. Yeah, you know you got you got to let them know which which fake they know. went for. You know. <laughs> I like that. No, because I was just saying because chirp is like it's like 
you know, usually you say like chirp, like, oh, like you're kind of like talking back. Like, I'm chirping you like, oh, that was a good chirp. Not yeah. like, oh, you're like, I'm chirping up my girls. I'm letting them know what's good. <laughs> I've never, I just never heard that. I, I guess not. You know, I think we use it in both terms. So maybe I'm going to have to go for a different term there for the positive side of things. Because chirp definitely does come off negative. I, I, I appreciate you clearing that up for me, though. I, I really, really do. Um, so we have a couple questions. You know, we went on, you know, we're loving the, the Instagram um, these days, but we went on Instagram. We asked our KO17 lacrosse followers if they had any questions for you. Um, and we got a handful, but then we also got a little surprise at the end because I told you we were going to do this, but um, we'll explain it in a second. <laughs> Um, so a couple questions from KO17 Lacrosse. We got, um, what is your favorite kind of shot to take? Uh, like, are you saying like, like overhand? Underhand? Like overhand, sidearm, BTB, because we know you love those between the legs. I would say, I would say sidearm, like, and I guess like more specifically, obviously coming down on the break, fake the point man. If the D guy, if, if that's the right move, you know, if the point guy's open toss him the ball but if he's not you know if there's if there's a little gray area you know fake the point step back let it bang that's my favorite <laughs> shot <laughs> that's my favorite shot perfectly put perfectly put um you know you you should think about being a sports announcer by the way like a, a or, game. <laughs> that, that i appreciate that but also <laughs> i'd say twist the twister too that's twister's that's twister's a good yeah. one you learn that from some of the Canadian friends? Exactly, yeah. So that's like, especially in box. So I'd say outdoor, sidearm, indoor, twister. Indoor, like, I don't think I've ever taken a sidearm shot ever. Like, I can't really? score uh, um, indoor, sidearm. So Kaylin actually just popped in with a question. She wants to know if you've ever tried playing goalie. I have, yes. I did play goalie for a little bit uh, in middle school. Um, I wanted to give it a shot. I wanted to try it. Um, there was like some, there was like some time during my lacrosse career amongst my friends that playing goalie was like, like really, really, really cool. And like, it was like sneezy and not saying it's not now, you know, I'm just saying like, there was, there was a time that, you know, guys were like, yo, like playing goalie, like, you know, make cool saves is sweet, which it is, you know, like you see a goalie make a sweet save. It is. It's like, yeah so so i was like you know i want to i want to give that a shot i want to see <laughs> how'd that go so, for you i was really good in practice <laughs> i went in the game once and they put they pulled me out real quick they said get back on attack <laughs> we need you back there on attack you're, you're putting the ball in the net <laughs> we <laughs> it's clear you're good at keeping the ball in the net <laughs> That's something you don't want to hear as a goalie. Okay, all right. We're we're using our strengths. At least you tried, right? That's something I always wish that I had tried. So at least you could say you tried. Um, yeah. And Gabby just popped in with a question as well. Uh, how did you get to choosing number nine, TB9? Yeah, that's a good question. So I can't really tell you, to be honest. So I, I guess in high school, I my freshman year, I wore 16. And then my sophomore year, I wore 10. And then my junior year, you know, I guess like in my high school, there was kind of like, I wouldn't say it was like a strong culture, but there was like a little bit of like a storyline be like with 
the number nine, you know, I'm wearing the number nine. And to be honest with you, I wanted to be number 22, to be honest with you. Because that was my dad's number. Like, that's like my dad's number. You know, it's like, that's like my dad's favorite number. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I I, yeah, so I wanted to be 22. But it turned out, I think they didn't have a 22 jersey that year. Or like, it got ripped or something. Or maybe like a senior had it. I forgot exactly what it was. But there was like this kind of like nine, like little tradition. And they were like, you know, nine always gets passed on. So I was like, yeah, like I'll take number nine this year. Um, you know, uh, it wasn't like a big, it's not like how 22 was at Syracuse. It's not like mm-hmm. that type of tradition. It was just something small. And I was like, yeah, I'll take nine. Um, and then my junior year is when I was kind of really, when I really was starting to get really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was kind of like that changing of number, changing of position. I was taking face-offs really seriously. So it was kind of like, uh, it was just a lot of things were kind of going in that direction and that number went with it. And then my freshman year of college, you know, like I didn't feel extremely tied to nine, you know, I was obviously comfortable in it in high school, but uh, my senior year the, or, or sorry, at Denver, they asked me what number I wanted. They're like, send us three options. Uh, and then before I responded, uh, coach Sheridan, who, who ended up leaving that year, but he was the one who really recruited me. He said, I saw you wore nine in high school. Number, I, I uh, got you number nine because uh, nobody's using it this year. I was like, oh, sweet. Like, okay, thanks. I, I guess I'm rocking nine again. And, I, <laughs> and then I'm like, that I ain't that now. <laughs> <laughs> no turning back. TB9. KO17 and TB9 right here. Um, I love it. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to do something, you know, in regards to you, because, you know, that's speed boy. We're going to do a speed round here. Uh, We're going to end on a little bit of a fun note. Um, And I did not send you these questions. So these are all going to be on the fly here. We're going to have a little fun. Um, But Uh, you ready for this? Yes. You think so? That wasn't very confident. I thought we talked about confidence here. I thought that that was confident. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what you did, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it again. See, I told you this is good chirping. This is good chirping. She See, says, go. said, yes, that was good confidence. And she said, that sounds confident. <laughs> what about you, Vestal? Did I say that right? There we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's Gabby. Gabby? <laughs> you thought that sounded good? No. <laughs> it's a split decision. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, I love it. Good job, girls. Okay, we're ready for this speed round. We're going to end on a fun note here. All right, you ready? Three, two, one. Okay, who would win in a fight, a grilled cheese sandwich or a taco? Taco. Do you care to back that answer up? Oh, I thought we were going fast. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I would say what? taco. Taco because, you know, grilled cheese sandwich, if it's a really, really, really good grilled cheese sandwich and then it's got a good melt on it, that bread is nice melted on that cheese and it's got a good consistency that keeps it together, especially when you press that thing down. Everybody knows it's good when it's pressed down. Now, taco, on the other hand, is could be either in a hard shell form or a soft open form. Now, either way, you can fold both ends in, which is perfect for a nice like body slamming move. <laughs> body slam. And don't forget about the meat. The tacos got meat. They have the weight advantage. This is not a competition. 
beautifully written beautifully written it's like it's like you had like a full thesis on that okay would you rather get attacked by a lion or a shark get what by a lion or a shark attacked by a lion or a shark Ooh. this was a okay all right sweet or sour candy or chocolate if you had to choose one okay uh would you rather be able to read people's minds or fly Ooh, uh, I'd probably say, sheesh, fly. Okay, and last but not least. There's a lot of people's minds that I don't need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. Keeping the positive. (laughs) Last but not least, who would win in a dance battle, Trevor or Kylie? I'm going to leave this one up to Kaylin. What do you think? What do you think? Say hey, it. Like, Come on, say it. Don't be shy. <laughs> Kylie. Woo! Oh, no! <laughs> well, oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you for that, Kaylin. That's good support right there. Good teammates. Oh, I love it. Oh, so thank you so much, Trevor, for being here, hanging out with us. Um, just kind of giving us a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of insight into, you know, what makes you you and what makes you so unique in the lacrosse world. and you know what I love about you as a friend and as a player so thank you for being here and sharing that with all of my people and all of you know the people with KO17 lacrosse and um, I hope that your tests go very well all of them and I hope that you know I'm not gonna say that I'm cheering for the Atlas but I am wearing the colors so you can you can you can decide there but i hope you have you know an easy trip i hope you you know i wish you very good luck um in the championship series i'll be watching from home be rooting on the blue and um thank you so much for being here and if there's anything you'd like to say to any of us before you leave floor is yours yeah no i just say thanks so much for having me had a blast knew i would before i even got on here uh appreciate all the questions participation uh Kaylin, that was great i won't take it personally that you think kylie's a better <laughs> dancer than i am so don't feel bad about that it's all good Maybe one day we'll, we'll shoot a video and we could really we could really find out who, who the true winner is of that Uh-oh. and and one more thing <laughs> before i leave so i think i before i jump off this call i think everybody would like if you pledged your allegiance to the atlas lacrosse club oh no 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 <laughs> No. Are you recording me now? No, I, I just, I just said, you just said you were cheering on the blue. I just okay. Get I'm cheering on the blue. I guess if you guys don't win, though, I'm gonna have something to say about it. You might have to like, you think Paul will uh, recruit me to come play? So <laughs> you need a, you need a lefty attacker. Are you, I'll I shave think, my hair, hair off. I mean, I think I think Paul would love to have you in the league. <laughs> I think that's what I think too. You know. You know, you're saying if we don't win, you're going to say something. You just sound like a bandwagoner, but, you know, that's not here nor there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I told you. I wore my blue this <laughs> here. Go fight, and I bleed blue. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That'll do. Atlas That'll do. blue, fight blue. Atlas blue. There you Atlas go. Blue. <laughs> that's what you wanted to hear. All right. Thanks so much, TB9. You rock. Good luck. And bye, girls. Thank you all for being here and for hanging out with us. Um, Keep crushing it, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone.